Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. The scripture reading for today comes from Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. In old age, they still produce fruit. They are always green and full of sap showing that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading is from Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Listen for God's word. What shall we say God's realm is like? What Then Jesus said, This is what God's kingdom is like. It's as though someone scattered seeds on the ground and then sleeps and wakes by day and by night. The seed sprouts and grows, but the farmer does not know how. The earth produces crops all by itself. First the stalk, then the head, then the full head of grain. Whenever the crop is ready, the farmer goes out to cut the grain because it is harvest time. Jesus continued, What's a good image for God's kingdom? What parable can I use to describe it, to explain it? Consider a mustard seed. When scattered on the ground, it's the smallest of all the seeds on earth. But when it's planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all the vegetable plants. It produces such large branches that the birds in the sky are able to nest in its shade. With many such parables, Jesus continued to give them the word, as much as they were able to hear it. He spoke to them only in parables and then explained everything to his disciples when he was alone with them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
to plant a small seed and watch it grow day by day is a common science activity in many elementary school classrooms. The task is simple. Observe what you see each day. As the seed breaks open and a sprout emerges, as the sprout develops leaves and begins to grow taller millimeter by millimeter, day by day. Your grade doesn't depend on how tall your plant grows, thank goodness, but on the quality of the observations that you record in your journal. It's based on how well you pay attention, taking time to notice the world around you and to take note of what you see. It's based on how well you can observe and describe the new life that is slowly emerging through the germination of a small, seemingly insignificant seed. Jesus. Jesus was a keen observer. As he walked from village to village, he took time to not only look, but to see. To see the birds making nests in the trees and to notice how God had clothed the lilies in the field. To see the beauty in people's faces and the brokenness of people's hearts and bodies. Jesus did not turn a blind eye to the world, but rather with eyes wide open, he walked, healed, preached, and proclaimed God's kingdom, taking note of what he saw as he sought to help people see something more. Perhaps it's no surprise then that when speaking to his disciples and those gathered around him, Jesus was always full of good stories and images to give people an idea of what God's kingdom is like. Jesus asks, what's a good image for God's kingdom? What parable can I use to explain it? Looking up, out, and into God's world, Jesus fused observation with creative imagination to tell countless stories to help people begin to catch just a glimpse of what God's kingdom looks like. God's kingdom is like yeast, which causes dough to rise. God's kingdom is like seeds scattered on the ground, which the soil itself feeds and nourishes. The farmer doesn't understand how the seeds can grow by the work of the soil itself, but still they do. God's kingdom is like a mustard seed, the smallest of all the seeds, but when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all vegetable plants, producing branches so big and wide that birds can nest in its shade. Like any good teacher, Jesus uses not just one image or story, but countless ones to help his disciples and the crowd catch glimpses of what God's kingdom looks like. Jesus weaves his observations of the world with the power of creative imagination to point people towards God's kingdom, a kingdom that is both already here and yet to come. Jesus asked the people gathered around him, what's a good image for the kingdom, for God's kingdom? What parable can I use to explain it? Perhaps this was not a rhetorical question, but one in which Jesus was asking to his disciples and to us, 
Are your eyes open? Are you paying attention to God's Spirit working in and among us? What is the parable you would tell to share what God's kingdom feels, looks, smells, and tastes like? Some days, seeing, let alone seeking, God's kingdom is easier said than done. Some days it's hard to look up and to pause to be present enough to truly see the people in front of us or to feel the vibrancy and see the new life that is popping up in this season of summer. Distracted by ringtones and emails arriving in our inboxes, consumed by to-do lists that seem to get longer rather than shorter, it can be hard some days to even be aware of our own breath our own breathing, our own being. It's even harder to look up from whatever we're doing and to see the world and the people around us. In the busyness of this world, it takes a conscious effort to slow down and to see. It takes even more effort to not only see, but to seek God's kingdom. As Christians, we live in the paradoxical time and space of already and not yet. Through Christ, we have seen what God's kingdom is like, and yet we still struggle to understand, to believe, to see, and to seek it. God's kingdom is a kingdom, a beloved community, where love, mercy, justice, and grace are not abstract concepts, but practices we intentionally engage in and seek to embody in our words, actions, and interactions. God's kingdom is a kingdom where those who are pushed down are lifted up and where those who have been made last are invited first, where justice is sought and peace is practiced so that all of creation can flourish and experience life abundant. Perhaps part of why we come and gather together on Sunday mornings is this. It's to hear Jesus' stories about what God's kingdom is like and to stand among others who are trying to see more clearly and seek more faithfully God's kingdom here on earth. According to John Kelvin, God uses familiar language to talk to us God speaks in ways that we can understand. As I reflect on my past two years here in Michigan and here at First Presbyterian, my mind is filled with images and stories of where I've glimpsed quick glances of, where, of what I believe God's kingdom is like. God's kingdom is a Cayley at Camp Westminster, where the dining hall is turned into a dance floor and all the kids get up to dance. As the music fills the air, those who are most shy and reserved the first day are the ones who are the first to invite others to the dance floor. There's always room for one more person to come and get their groove on, even if they're dancing to their own beat. God's kingdom is like the Heidelberg Project on the east side of Detroit where discarded records and stuffed animals, shoes and toys are collected and creatively curated in empty houses and lots, transforming the discarded into the highly regarded, 
where buildings burn down, create new spaces and canvases for creativity to burst forth, bringing hope in the form of polka dots, clocks, and community. As Christians, we live in a paradoxical time and space of already and not yet, experiencing glimmers of God's kingdom and yet waiting for its total fulfillment. We are called to look up and out at the world and to seek to see God's kingdom, which is bursting forth in small places and pockets all around us. We are called to see and to seek and to continue to stand in awe of God's kingdom, which we know and yet which still also remains beyond what we can fully comprehend or creatively imagine. And a few minutes later in the service, we'll pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, just as we do every Sunday. We'll pray the words, Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. God's kingdom come. As we say this prayer today, I invite you to pray not with your head down, eyes closed, face facing the floor, but with your head up and eyes wide open looking out into the world. I invite you to slow down and to intentionally seek to see God's kingdom, to seek to be present and aware of God's transforming presence here and now. I invite you to begin to look and see where God's kingdom has been planted and where it is beginning to break forth, not just here at First Pres, but in the corners, cracks, and crevices of Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Detroit, Michigan, and around the world. I invite you to look and to see and to seek God's kingdom, to stand in the mystery, the wonder, and the awe of it. Yes, brothers and sisters, God's kingdom is here and among us, planted in small places and sacred spaces. God's kingdom is growing day by day, mysteriously and miraculously by the goodness and grace of God. So let us open our eyes and see the seeds that have been planted. Let us open our eyes, seeking to see glimpses of God's kingdom in the world taking note of what we see as we seek to see something more. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Would you turn your hearts and minds with mine to prayer, please? Let us pray. God who meets us here, remind us each morning to come and praise you, to give thanks for what we take for granted, for the wonders of your world, the beauty of creation, and the very gift of life. Thank you for these warm days, for the rains that have given growth to our gardens, for days of walking and talking with friends, travel with our loved ones, time to gather for graduations and marriages and milestones. You are reflected in all of these, and when we pause to notice the complexity and beauty all around us, how we catch a glimpse of you. Praise is on our tongues, but we also bring the burdens of our hearts, the worries that never seem to leave, concern for our parents as they face transitions and loss, worry for our siblings whose life choices or circumstances have left their lives disordered and uncertain, sadness about relationships with extended family members that are complicated and hard, 
anxiety for our children who are still discovering who they are and who they want to become, compassion for neighbors who have struggles we can barely imagine. We know too many with cancer, dementia, and diabetes. We feel vulnerable ourselves to disease knowing that none of us knows what lies around the corner except that you are there. Those living with depression and mental health concerns make life more challenging, and we lift them up to you. Guide us in our words and in our actions to all those around us who are struggling today. Grant us hope in the midst of our own fears and insecurities, and give us a sure sense of what we most need, you, that your provisions will not fail us, even when they do not come exactly as we have requested. Help us to rest from the striving and the quarreling we have with you because we are not God. Continue to reassure us that you will not tire of our questions nor cease listening to our laments, that you understand we are so human so often and your, no, your love will not leave us ever. In a world shaped by conflict, call us to pray for those with whom we have absolutely nothing in common. In a culture full of inequalities which only seem to be widening, call us to truly see each person as our sister and brother. In a time of intensifying injustices found in every community, call us to hang on to your radical hope. And then to live that prayer, make true that vision, and empower that hope to reality with even the faith of a mustard seed. In a lifestyle too much about the love of money, Call us today to notice the parent who works three jobs, the neglected senior, the one whose car is on its last gasp and they cannot afford another, and let us step forward to help. May we offer not just a cup of cold water, but all that we are and all that we have to those who are in our midst, even as we pray to you, using your words and praying both with our heart and our eyes wide open and our heads lifted up, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.